Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerd Tunnel Network. I've again got hosting, hosting duties today. Uh, I am the experience of some called Jason. And I am the token monopoly, Tarky. And today, me and Tarky are going to talk about the recent purchase of uh, Zenimax Media by Microsoft, and what that may mean for... Uh, the future of some pretty popular game lines. Yeah, the overall of this is just what's happened, how big a deal it is, because it is now the world's biggest deal in like video in the video game world mm-hmm. as far as like company buyouts. Uh, it rivals, if not exactly matches, the LucasArts buyout. Um, need to double check that real quick because I forget how much Disney bought LucasArts for. Uh, I'm thinking that was like four billion. I mean, it, it was a huge oh, it was number. yeah. Disney buys Lucasfilm for four billion. Yeah. Microsoft bought Zenimax Media for seven point five billion, almost double. Yeah. Which is something insane for me to think of of like. The, now, Zenimax owns Bethesda, id, and like a couple, a lot more smaller studios afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's multiple game studios. Yeah, yeah. And Zenimax has got its own online stuff. Yeah, Zenimax is a thing that, in its own right as well. It's just Bethesda is kind of the most well-known name under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's multiple things, but when Disney bought out LucasArts, or Lucas Films, it was considered such a you know a wacky ridiculous number, and now we're just a few years down the road, and suddenly a deal almost double the size mm-hmm. is happening. That's not really unusual. I don't it, in these sorts of things, it doesn't take very many years to uh, for that to go up. Cause I I can remember when you know Thor, one of the early Thor movies, making two or three hundred million dollars was was impressive. Now you know. Now you got to be hitting about the billion mark to really be impressive. Yeah, the the numbers have jumped up with popularity. But see, another big thing this does is it offsets the the current console war, which I enjoy this because they're like because it's such the, the the console war is a wacky thing to me. Of like it's it's always Sony micro or right now it's Sony Microsoft. Mm-hmm are all fighting each other and nintendo's over here making just i think i don't think in the last few years it's been record profits but they continue making huge profits and just they're just letting sony and microsoft do their thing well they just sit there and do their own thing right so microsoft had more game studios running than sony by just a little bit uh article i read said 15 to 14 but with this buyout, Microsoft now gained eight new game studios of, you know, varying sizes. Yeah. But that means just in production teams in general, they now have, you know, a huge margin of error now. They can have more games flop, but still have more games come out that are better than Sony. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, some of that will depend on the individual teams, of course. But... Yes. But it's it's the ideology of they now have more studios that can create exclusive content for their product. Now, they've... They've said that, hey, you know, the next Elder Scrolls game, the next Fallout game, I think they've discussed it and been like, hey, anything that was stated it was going to be on PS5 already, openly, and things stated that they would be exclusive will stay that way. So... And I wonder the short if they're... Term, it's not a big. It's not going to be a big change in the short term. I'm wondering if that was if their marketing team might have had something to do with that. You know, if somebody was smart enough to go, you know, if you if you suddenly pop in now and make Fallout or uh, Elder Scrolls, you know, Xbox exclusive, there's going to be a lot of blowback from that. But um, it does put into question like other games because. Bethesda alone is Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Quake, and Wolfenstein. Now, Quake has kind of gone the way of Quake Champions, where it's kind of just probably going to stay a solo game. Oh, okay. But with Doom and Wolfenstein, I can see exclusivity being a thing that happens. Even though Doom Eternal was a big release. Now, you say Bethesda, but... Were those games still being made by id and just published by Bethesda? Who was behind the design of them? That's fair enough, but also id is under Zenimax yeah, I mean, as well. I completely get that. That was really more for my curiosity of whether or not Bethesda was like licensing the stuff out doing it themselves or not. Uh, with Doom Eternal, id was still on the, the marquee pages, so I have to assume they were doing the programming stuff for it. Okay. And it wasn't on the classic Bethesda engine, so I have to assume it was on the id engine, or whatever the id's current engine is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they use the same one for Doom and, like, uh, what was it, Rage? Was there a newer IP they've done a couple with? Them? Yeah. I haven't tried them out. There was a time when id would have been the big name that they picked up in this deal, but but it's oh, okay. Still just um, kind of there. Uh, Phil Spencer, the company's executive vice president, said in an interview that games would be available to other consoles on a case-by-case basis. So yeah, it's probably going to be their Elder Scrolls and Fallout probably going to stay as far-reaching as they can have it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While some of the titles that don't have as many games under their belt back-to-back-to-back on multi-console probably end up getting exclusivized. Well, you know, you got to expect them to mostly crack their own stuff out. Though it is an interesting ideal, or an interesting thought, of Microsoft cracking out PS5 games. It's a little bit funny, but... Ultimately, I think it's just going to lend itself to becoming more aggravatingly exclusive with games yeah quite because microsoft microsoft has the the weight to be able to do that and not suffer a whole lot for it because microsoft still hits the pc market 
Yeah, and that's one thing. I heard this deal, and it was like, huh, that's kind of weird. You know, stuff that could be kind of interesting. But uh, I'm pretty much an Xbox PC guy, so I didn't I didn't figure it would really affect me all that much. But uh, since I've gone primarily PC, just because I don't like having to buy a new console every few years, it's not really gonna. This isn't going to directly affect me either. I still hate to see it though, just because like consoles are already having a problem of trying to keep up with PC, mm -hmm. and this is only going to make the gap more annoying to witness. What do you mean by the more annoying? Well, like if someone has, well, if someone you know got a PS5 mm -hmm. on pre-order and they're happy with it. Now they see this, and it goes, oh, well, two years now, halfway through my console's life cycle, I may not get anything I wanted. Because the companies that were making the games that I enjoy are now on the other side of the fence. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. Whereas people on the Xbox PC side just go, oh, hey, I'm a game release today. Because they just won't notice that it's... And exclusive because yeah. they have the thing it's exclusive to. You know the game companies keep saying exclusives are good for are good for customers, but I have my serious doubts that that is good for anybody but them. Yeah, ex exclusivity is just. I don't want to use the wrong term. I think it's market privatization or something similar to that, that where it's just like right. you can only get this thing from us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you could only buy bread from Walmart. Right. But you can still get other food from other places, so it doesn't count as a monopoly. Right. It's just how, surprisingly enough, only you can only get bread from here. Yeah. But also, uh, to move on to a slightly different like point, this is still a move Microsoft really, really needed to make, which is why the the big price tag is probably there is because Microsoft doesn't have a whole lot of big multi point i like multi point IPs because with Halo Infinite coming out that's going to be about the end of the Halo series other than like tertiary games cuz I don't think they're going to make a Halo 7 with Master Chief in it I don't see that being a a planned move yeah, it's one of those how much money does it make kind of things. Well, it's it's also a thing of it's Halo was a condensed story that has back lore in books, but it's it doesn't have much front lore. So if Six caps things off and finishes it, you you don't have extra lore from the books or anything to keep pulling back to the future. Mm -hmm. It's not like as well-developed a world as, say, the Fallout games or the uh, well, Elder Scrolls. No, because well, uh, Halo is a much better developed. It is a much less open-ended. Because mm, gotcha. Fallout, you just go 100 years in the future and you follow some other rando. Because each Fallout game, you follow a different rando. Yep. Well... It's a rando that goes on to do something significant in the setting, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yes, yes, but like, you pick up the story at a fresh new start point each game. 
in the Elder Scrolls, you more or less pick up at a fresh new start point with a new person every game. Okay, I see what you're saying. Every single Halo game has been the tale of Master Chief. I think I always jump over and do something else with the Arbiter. I miss the Arbiter. Right. But then, like, it's just Halo kind of has a set in point of like with the whole storyline the mantle of responsibility on humanity and stuff and having to defeat the flood fully and finally once that happens there's no backlog there's no backstory where some other big large new threat can appear not unless they do like they, a, a, a time jump or something like that which would still probably get right. away from the master chief i see i see what you're saying right once, but once you get away from the Master Chief, Halo loses a little bit of its allure for the major audience. Mm-hmm. But if you just or keep the, on like, tacking on extra games on the after the story's kind of done, you wind up you like start, an old '80s action movie series that you know by the time you got to five or six, there was just no point. Right. So this buyout gives you Elder Scrolls Fallout which are two IPs that are strong. Mm-hmm. Now, Fallout has been shaky lately, but that's due to management issues. That's due to people saying things and not providing them. And it's been it's only been shaky PR and a shift in management, a new face behind, like a new parent behind it mm-hmm. changes how that's going to look. Yeah. So Fallout will probably be back on a pickup scale depending on what Microsoft does with Fallout 76, if they change anything. Well, 76, for all the bad press you got to begin with, they have pretty well fixed it. I mean, uh, it's got a single-player like, game now, you know. Yeah, I, I but, a, it, bit, a, but a lot of it's with, like, the, the money stuff in it got hazy. Because uh, they had okay. promised they would never do certain things and then yeah, proceeded okay. to do them. I never pay attention to the money stores in those games because I'm cheap, but okay. Uh, just to uh, shorten it out for you, mm-hmm. they said you would never have to... There would never be anything viable that would have a major gameplay effect and like how good you are at the game or how well you can do at the game. No pay to win. Right, no pay to win. And then they began introducing like, well, it's not pay to win, but it's it's you pay in your equipment's sturdier and your equipment gets repaired faster and like it was little things like that little tweaks where it's like we don't do more damage it's not a new gun but like it takes out a lot of the need to scavenge and find and fix things but if you but if you went into a pvp area or something it's not something that's necessarily give you an advantage there right in like a gunfight, as long as you're both fully equipped you're both the same fully equipped it's just you paid money to become fully equipped easier. And a few other things like that, I believe, were introduced. But once again, new parent changes that changes the face of that. Yeah, yeah, quite quite possibly. Uh, <laughs> Doom Eternal was great and is still on a high. And they've still got like two or three years before they need to make a new Doom game. Mm-hmm. Quake Champions is probably just needs a little bit you know throw you throw master chief into quake champions and suddenly quake champions is going to get a lot more traffic (laughs) well i mean like 
that's just a thing you can do now, and that's a thing people will hop on to. Oh, because yeah, now yeah, you yeah. can have because now you can have Doom Guy fight Master Chief. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Mortal Kombat did well with throwing in the random char characters. You know, or yeah, I should yeah. say, random characters from other IPs. Yeah. And when Microsoft owns it all, that makes using the Master Chief very easy. Yes. Uh, Wolfenstein, the last game, did not great. But the two before it did. So once again, new face, there's optimism there. Mm -hmm. And there's been plenty of series series that have stumbled in, you know, over one game and picked up and went fine after that. But, uh... I look at that price tag, and I wonder just how serious Microsoft is in the console wars this go-around. Well, with the new ones coming out and then being of similar price tags, and up until this moment, Sony has, everyone has agreed Sony was winning this, that winning the fight for the who's going to buy the new consoles. Mm -hmm. Sony was miles ahead. Between new ret like between new Ratchet and Clank, that like, sorry, Ratchet and Clank was just a big game for me. Obviously not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. But it's showing of where it was spec wise, showing gameplay of game like gameplay footage of things. Sony had a good game catalog. Everything was looking the PS5's way, and then now suddenly seven point five billion dollars later. Now suddenly there's a little bit of a question. It's like Microsoft realized we got to make a power move, and they did. Yeah. Now it's one that they helped them cover some bases they were needing to cover anyway. But so it right. may have like been they... it may have been something that was long. You know, it was coming down the pike a good long time. We you know the, the only way, way it happens we... is we hear about it. But... Yeah, the way we've just now heard about it, I'm betting talks were in were in the background a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And then Microsoft decided, hey, we're rich, and just threw a big number. Like, they were trying to, like, get down to brass tacks with it. And then just decided, uh, we'll just put a big number up here and get it. Hey, we were talking about three or four billion. You know what? Screw it. The boss said, the sky's the limit. Boss, yeah, the, well, the boss said, we need a win. Here's seven and a half billion. There's that win for us. You know it was a good payday for some of the guys that owned Zenimax before. Or Zenimax. Mm. Well, yeah, it, it's your great-great-grandkids are never going to have to work a day in their lives. But uh, I wonder how, how long it'll take them to earn that money back with this studio, though. I mean, I say that, and I think, you know, if you have another, you know, if the next Elder Scrolls does like Skyrim did, or... You know you're going to have a Skyrim release on the new Xbox and the new PS5. Which is a little insane to me, given how old that game is, but I don't doubt you. See, now, now comes, like, where I want to speculate, because I doubt it's going to happen. Because, um, there's... Uh, other important things um, Bethesda's new title that I can't remember the name of it's either Star I think it's Starfield I know they're working their new on their sci-fi one their new space sci-fi one mm -hmm. it's on a new engine 
Oh, let's so cross our fingers there... and it's less buggy. Well, no. Now there's an internal argument. Because Microsoft has the new Slip Space engine. For their Halo games. Okay. But that was going to be the new... That was going to be the flagship Microsoft engine. That was going to be the engine Microsoft used for its games going forward. Hmm. But now... They've also bought a company that also has a new engine. So is Microsoft going to run Bethesda games under the new Bethesda engine? Or id engine. I'm not sure which one specifically it was branded under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is Microsoft going to say, put those on the back burner or put them to the side only for this and that. And every other game made by you is going to have to be under the slip space. And which would be better? Because I love the Bethesda be... games, but I own Fallout 3 on the computer, and it won't run on my computer. It's so buggy. So I wonder if having a Microsoft engine to run on your Microsoft console and Microsoft Windows, if that might not be better as far as stability goes. Well, that was also the thing with uh, Bethesda in general, is they had been running on an old, old, old engine for a long time. Yet still couldn't get the bugs worked out. Well, it was an engine old enough that, like, they had to keep introducing, like, new physics things into it for newer games, and it kept... Um, oh, and every time they bolted something new onto it, it would cause right, problems. Right, it's, it's a... I think they call it spaghetti code. Ooh, is where okay, like yeah, you yeah, keep yeah. adding so much stuff on that something something you added in 2004 and something you added in 2016 suddenly have a crosstalk that you didn't know would exist and it messes up a bunch of numbers in the background. That makes sense. So we really don't know which which way it'll go and which way would be better for it to go. Right, and also like. The engine that Doom Eternal runs on, I believe, is a different engine that id made. So, like, they, they've got a bunch of options. Mm -hmm. But it's whether or not they'll keep each game individualistic with its engine, which will be a little more expensive, or whether they'll just consolidate under the main Slipspace engine. Because Microsoft's big announcement with, like, their original announcement with Halo 6 was like, hey... It's on a different new engine. It's going to be our... Like, their announcement wasn't Halo 6. Their announcement was, we have a new engine that's going to be used on Halo 6. So now it's just suddenly they've bought a couple other game engines too. It's whether or not they'll strap them in or they'll kick them out the door. Or if they'll be smart enough to sit back and... You know, let an initial game come out on each one, and then just see which engine works better, which one you know does more, which one's stabler. Hmm. I say that because I'm going to harp on that with Bethesda. Yeah, because Bethesda was is known to be super unstable. Mm -hmm. Which a new engine might solve all that. I had I hadn't heard about you know how old their engine was or the spaghetti code aspect of it. So, you know, having a new engine that does kind of all that stuff they needed to do from jump, you know, it's kind of fully integrated, you know, might, might settle a bunch of that problem. Now, Microsoft does also have a history of these big money deals 
because back in uh, 2014, when they bought Minecraft, it was a two and a half billion dollar deal for Minecraft alone, mm-hmm. and they've made their money back from that. In you know, in under six years, they made over 2.5 billion dollars to get it back. So it's not like their big money deals haven't worked out. Mm-hmm. Now, I I've never been a big Minecraft player. I know you've played some. How do people feel Minecraft has been treated under Microsoft? Uh, people, for the most part, have loved it. Okay. Uh, because under Mojang, it was profitable, and they were they were still making new stuff for the game, but it wasn't it wasn't at a huge pace. And then once Microsoft got on it, they went, "Hey, we need to have something new cranking out the door." every you know six to eight months to keep player interest constant they had more resources to bring to bear and they brought them to bear yeah basically they could crank more out with their money so they crank more out with money that's going to be a that's that's the reoccurring theme of microsoft is we're big and rich and we're gonna throw money at this mm-hmm. well now that doesn't always lead to success though <clears throat> right but, but it's just yeah. a reoccurring theme yeah yeah, yeah. Well, they can afford people like Microsoft or places like Microsoft. They can afford the big upfront cost to get this going. Where with smaller companies, that the upfront cost is kind of where they struggle. But, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, let's see. The last Halo game I played was. Uh, was it four? The one where the the folks that built the Halos popped up. Yeah, that that would be four. Which was also the first... I think that was the first one they did after Bungie was gone. Uh, the first one fully done with bun- without, bun- without any Bungie influence. And I thought that one was kind of lackluster. I have not played Guardians or whichever one came after that. But... Yeah, Halo 5 was met with... Uh... Kind of me mixed mixed reception. I mean, I, I didn't think it was god awful or anything, but like yeah, I mean, it was still a Halo game, you know. But like, uh, usually me and Todd will play through those. We played it a little bit one day, got a, maybe a third of the way through it, and Todd hasn't touched it since. Uh, another friend of ours, Patrick, we were hanging out with him, and me and Patrick sat down and started up where me and Todd had stopped, and then me and Patrick played through the rest of it that day. But so I got through the whole thing, and I thought the new aliens were neat. But, but, uh, you know, and I played through Reach, which I think a bit was mostly, uh, shoot, what was it, Studio? Uh, 343. 343, okay. I can't remember what the numbers were. You know, and I thought Reach was pretty good. I liked the ending stuff when he had them. But, uh, I, I would point to that as, as one time Microsoft bought somebody didn't work out. You know, they kind of bought Bungie and, and Bungie got away somehow. Yeah. And the replacement Bungie, I was kind of like, eh, about. I see what you're talking about there. But, but again, I thought it was a little lackluster. I didn't think it was like a huge disaster of a game or anything. So one thing I wonder is how much direct control is Microsoft going to put on the studios on the creative side of things? And they 
Um, they have answered that. Have they? Okay. Well, to I, a degree. I imagine that'd be one of the first things somebody would be asking. But what did they say about it? Uh, he basically said, you know, don't worry. They'll continue to run semi-independently. Okay. Which is the right way to go if they're if they're being successful. It's kind of like how Disney's did Marvel. Here, just keep doing what you're doing. Just take our money and do it. Yeah. And then when you earn money, give that back. As opposed to Star Wars that they took that they took and you know kind of actually took control of. Yeah, like this is mostly a distrib, like they're talking like it's mostly going to be a distribution thing, Mm -hmm. rather than a changing how they make games thing. Which is smart because you know, why go out and buy a company if you're just gonna make it just like what you're already doing? Yeah. Well, that being said, the way they're the way Phil the way uh, Phil Spencer, uh, Microsoft's president of games. I forget what his actual title is, mm-hmm. but he's the dude in charge of most game stuff. The way he talks, it it's a little worrisome that he may just mean we're going to have them finish out all the projects that are currently opened by them the way they want to end them, and then we'll start doing things our way. Because hmm. like they don't give like a, you know for the expected future kind of statement or anything like that. It's just you know, they're not they're not about to become us. You know, it 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 was a weird it's a kind of a weird phrasing multiple times in it where it's like they're not about to be us. They're not you know it's just the the statement of about to be rather than they're not going to be. Which might or be nothing, not. or it might be them hedging right. their bets not to make any promises that get broken later. Yeah, it's kind of making the promise that the stuff you've already heard will be from their brain, not mm. from us poking at them. Which at least means they're not going to rush in to make a bunch of changes, so that's good. Yeah. It me, you know... I'm glad to hear the things I've already heard and am excited for will probably not be affected by this decision. It's just moving forward. Mm-hmm. You things know, are going to be different. Yeah, the next Elder Scrolls game should be, should be fine. The one after that? Who knows? Who knows? But that's, that's to be said for any game. Mm-hmm. It's, really it's very true. true. Once, once we hear about it, it'll probably be about what we heard about, and then the next one's up in the air. It's just this was big news because it's so much money, and it's so many game titles. Mm-hmm. And it and and for the for the especially for the casual gamer like me, yeah, it really came out of the blue. Yeah, you know, I'd heard nothing. I'd heard nothing. I'd heard nothing. Boom! Uh, Seven and a half billion dollars. With Bethesda's PR constantly going down, and like. Once again, Zenimax Media, never really heard of it. Bethesda was kind of the face. Because mm-hmm. you knew it and Bethesda were, you know, attached at the hip because of Doom in, like, the casual sense. Zenimax, I was only familiar with in the Elder Scrolls Online. Mm. I knew they were doing it, 
uh, I listen to like the Elder Scrolls lore cast some. Uh, same fella also does a uh, Fallout lore cast, but to uh, assume. But anyway, he had mentioned Zenimax a few times because he uses sound effects in the games. He always credits that sound effects from you know either owned by Bethesda or Zenimax. I didn't realize Zenimax owned Bethesda. I thought they were just an online company that had like licensed the game or something. Because I don't pay a lot of attention to the behind-the-scenes stuff you know, with most of this. Uh, and, well, I say that at first. A little bit later, I think some either somebody on the podcast had mentioned it or I read read something that, oh, that's the parent company. Okay. Though uh, so some of these other studios they've got I haven't heard of at all. Tango uh, Game Works. I'd, I'd, I'd have to... Uh... Hold on. And, you know, some of those might be, like, mobile game companies or something. I don't know. You know I don't I know see. how broad a Spectrum's in a Mac zone. That's all. What I just clicked on was a whole lot of use to me. But I imagine a lot of people heard this news and got a little concerned about the Elder Scrolls and uh, Fallout. Uh, I have to admit, I, I bought one of the Doom games a while back on like a summer on a, one of the Steam sales, and that's the first time I bought an ID game in I don't know how long. Yeah, just well, I don't remember, I don't recall games made by ID other than Doom right now. No Doom, the original Wolfenstein. Uh, going back further than that, before they were a big name, you had Commander Keen. Which was like oh yeah, there was a new, there was a new, well there was a new Commander Keen game as well. But anyway, that's that's getting a little off the point. Yeah, yeah, it's something. I'll but look I think up I think we've more or less wrapped up on our speculation for the Microsoft deal. Yeah, truthfully, and, and we've covered all the facts that we know. So yeah. But, uh, so, big power move in the in the console wars. Uh, I wonder what Sony's response to it will be. What they'll try to do to to get you know, recapture their momentum. Well, because like this is this this is a short term PR boost. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's all long term stuff. Because yeah. they've stated, you know, all the games that are releasing are still releasing multi-console yeah. that are really... The PR boost is short-term, but there will be long-term effects from this, you know, whether yeah. they hit or miss. On on release, though, this doesn't change any release. It just changes how people think about it when they go mm -hmm. to buy. When they're thinking about what kind of support is, is this console going to have for its entire lifespan. Yeah, that changes that. Mm. Well, I'll be curious to see how it works out. And I can definitely say I would rather Microsoft have bought them out than Sony. Because, like I said, I tend to go Xbox. Yeah, you go Xbox, PC, which are so you know Microsoft so and I should be Microsoft. safe regardless. And let's face it, that's what's important. I think that's a good statement to wrap this up on. Yep, I think so. No matter what, Jason's safe. And that's what matters. <clears throat>
so anyway, we'll wrap up here. Uh, I've had hosting duty today. I'm the experience. I'm called Jason. And I've been the token info dump Tarky. Yeah, you were kind. Of, you were kind of our scholar for this one. Uh, it was interesting news. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially if you're into video games. Uh, it's a shame Danny couldn't be here. I know he played the. Uh, yeah, it's a shame the guy who loves the two the two game series we've talked about the most wasn't here to you know gush about the series while we try to get through information. It's a yeah, shame. Maybe maybe that worked out all right after all. Anyway, we will see y'all next week. Uh, uh, like, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, you can drop us a line at thenerdeternal at gmail dot com. We're a uh, podcast. Pick us up where podcasts are picked up. Indeed. Uh, and of course, you can keep up with everything we're doing on uh, at the uh, nerdternal.com. And I guess that's all the all the uh, self-promotion we need to do. So yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Send us money. <laughs>